My name's Alex, and in a couple days, my wife and I are having a baby. This is the first entry in an audio diary podcast I'm calling, Are You There, Pod? It's me, Dad. Every week, I'll recap the previous week in figuring this parenting stuff out in real time while calling up my friends that all had babies within the same month I did. So come with me as I figure out parenting on the fly. And I already love this person. I follow this person's Instagram. People who listen to the podcast know Brian is on a walk, some sort of a wanderlust walk about Rumspringer with his mother. If that, though, I don't know. I think Rumspringer might technically, you could never bring your mother on a Rumspringer. That's when the Amish, when they turn 18, they're allowed to go do drugs and do whatever they want for a year. And then they realize that they've run out of pocket money and they have to go home but they make make like it's a decision. The family says, oh, they've decided to come back to the fault. And what you realize is they didn't have the coping skills to deal with the real world. Anyway, I'm sure I'll get a hundred letters about how I'm wrong about that. Today, my co-host is none other than the fabulous, so funny, every time, I'm not kidding, I'm on this guy's Instagram, I actually laugh out loud which is a thing that doesn't happen. People always look at things now the nowadays and they say that's oh that that's funny. I laugh out loud at this guy and the other person who sends me into hysterics and also down a rabbit hole is Colascola. Ladies and germs as I like to say. I get in trouble for saying that too. John Milheiser is with us today. Oh, John Milheiser, how are you my love? I'm doing great. I'm so happy to spend the morning with you, Ronald. You're against some kind of crazy graffiti wall right now. I happen to know your roommates with Nicole Byer. Yes, well, I moved out of Nicole Byer's place. Uh, We lived together for nine years, but I just, uh, I guess, recently moved out in June. Oh, you did? So almost a year ago, yes. But, oh, um, I thought you two were still together. I didn't realize. I mean, I know you're best friends, but I did yeah, not. Yeah, I'm back and forth all the time here. So. Yeah. So are you in Nicole's lair at the moment? Is that what I'm saying? Yeah, it's her podcast lair. Um, it's, it's all pretty nice. crazy couches and wallpaper and neon lights. Yeah. Gorgeous. Gorgeous. That Nicole really knows what she's doing. She brings a real energy and a vibe and she's hysterical. But people yes. are just happy around her. Oh, yeah. It was a great yeah. time living with her. Yeah. She's Especially so funny. The, the two of you together are so funny together. I mean, in the way that only best friends who crack each other up can be. Mm-hmm. You were at doing something so stupid. The Half the things that you do are so, I'm going to say it, they're so stupid. It's and the, I all, think, yeah. I think, isn't this dumb? And then I say, this is dumb. And then you take <laughs> it to one more place and it's so funny. It's so, it gets even. <laughs> you were you were at the Netflix as a joke festival or something, and you pretended to be scared. Okay, fine. Then you pretend to be scared again. Okay, fine. Then you pretended to be scared again from twenty feet away, and it was so funny. It was yes. so funny. Oh, thank I ha- you. I have to ask who your comedy heroes. That it's the worst question a person could ever ask. But are the two? I bet you love Martin Short. Love Martin Short. Yeah. Um, who else do you love? Love you physical don't have to comedy. Say, oh, this person did it. But who do you love? 
Well, I love Martin Short, definitely. And then Mm -hmm. I loved, I think I was first introduced to comedy with Dana Carvey. Um, Of course. I remember watching Chop and Broccoli with Uh him uh, when Sigourney (laughs) Weaver was the host. And then I found a wig and put that on and came in front of my family and did a recreation of Chop and Broccoli. Um, And then from there, it was Jim Carrey and Living Color. Um, yeah. Mike Myers. Yeah. And then all the girls on SNL. Maya, you love all Jim. those people. Oh my yeah. God. You're so funny. And also, so what's going on? You Are you still on that Nickelodeon show? And then you're doing, and you're doing stuff for Nickelodeon. I mean, you tell me whatever you want to tell me. And then I have to tell you that this show is not about that. It's not about you. It's about the people that are desperate, who need advice, who write in, and we're going to give it to them. And I can't wait to give advice. Yeah. Um, no, I'm on. The, I was on a show called Drama Club where I played the drama teacher, um, and it was a dream role. But oh, unfortunately, you were incredible. It, I was watching it did the not videos. Get a second all, season. Oh, it did. I'm so disappointed to hear that. I was loving your videos all the oh, time you. on you. I mean, I don't watch anybody's Instagram. I don't care. <laughs> I really don't. And I just think everything you put on there is hysterical to me. People give it. Is it at John Milheiser? Yes, yes. All right, so give jo- at John Milheiser a follow. That's what people say. That's how young people say it now. They say, oh, I gave you a follow. And I say, I don't know why you're telling me. <laughs> Either do it or don't do it. I today, John, so people don't really see, they see clips of the podcast, but they but if they want to see the podcast, they have to sign up for our Patreon, patreon.com slash askrana. And they see the Patreon podcast, but they see little clips of it on the free faith. And for eagle-eyed watches, they will see that I am doing something for two reasons today. The first reason, Brian, is that Brian is out of town. The second reason is that I have bitten bitten by the COVID bug and I am wearing my Hotel Bel Air robe, which Brian does not like me to wear or talk about, which I understand because he doesn't like that the, you know, whatever his name is, owns the place, who also owns the Dorchester and owns uh, the Beverly Hills Hotel. And Oh, know, yes. They're yeah. evil. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. Well, they are. I mean, they are. But this robe is so comfortable. I mean, you can't, you know, human rights, human rights is sort of how I feel when I put this robe on. You know what I mean? Uh, oh, I'm going to get the letters. More letters. This is called the right. The list episode is called Letters to Rana from all of her former subscribers. But in any event, uh, I got the COVID and it has not been pleasant. I did luckily get a prescription for the Paxlovid. Have you heard about this? No. That's the new antiretroviral that if you take it within the first five days, basically it. It, what's it supposed to do is help keep you out of the hospital. And because I had a little uh, tick situation at some point, I was eligible for this. Uh, and I'm, I wouldn't go so far as to call myself immunocompromised, but I would say that with vi- viruses can be tricky. Mm-hmm. Uh, and basically what it does is it stops the vir- virus from replicating. And so it sort of stops it in its tracks. But I will say, even just the first two days before I had the Paxlovid, you can feel, everybody thinks it's sort of over and there's really a surge happening right now. You can really feel how it gets its hooks in you. Did you have COVID? Mm-hmm. I had knock on wood. I've never had COVID. Not yet. 
Uh, but in any event, what it means is I'm podcasting from my fabulous hotel belly a rope today. Because why shouldn't I? Cozy, cozy, cozy. And my son, Jordan, who honestly is just has been like a total white knight, has dashed into town to take care of his beautiful daughter, a.k.a. my granddaughter, baby Steve. And isn't it a poor coincidence that Brian's out of town while this is happening? Because Jordan, to see Jordan... You know, his father was a doctor and you can oh, sort can. of see it's in his blood. Yeah. My husband, Bob, Dr. Bob, and you can just see that it's in his blood. He's such an incredible caregiver. He has such an incredible compassion and such an incredible facility and intuition about other people. And it's mm-hmm. just been, it's just been as a mother, one of my proudest moments. So anyway, they're in the main house and I'm in the carriage house at the moment. So we can quarantine away from each other. Right. Now, John, dear, we have a follow-up. You know yes. what? Forget this follow-up. I just decided I'm saving it. I'll save it for when Brian's back. Who cares? Okay. You know what I mean? It's not time-sensitive. It can wait. It can wait. Why are we going to waste our time together on something, on a conversation that took place when you weren't here? Do you know what mm-hmm. I mean? Mm-hmm. We already just did that for 20 minutes. Uh I think you should read the first question. What do you think about that? I like that. First question. All right. How has your pandemic been? Can I ask? My pandemic has not been, uh, I can't complain. There's been no complaints. We've had a couple of scares with my nephews around Christmas time, um, but... One nephew, we were at a like a little ski house up in Vermont. Love Vermont. Where are um, your people from? My people are from New Jersey. Okay. Uh, grew up, I was born in New Orleans, but moved out. Oh. And I know you just mentioned you were in New Orleans, but I was born in New Orleans, moved to North Jersey. And then I, through middle school and high school and through college, I was in Central Jersey, Princeton area, and then we've had a shore house that we've gone to since my my great grandmother built in 1912. So we have we've been going oh, back. Oh wow! There. Um, so we're very all over New Jersey. So. Why New Orleans? What were your parents doing in New Orleans? Uh, my dad works uh, for. I was a vice president for like a power company, so he built uh, power plants, and that was oh okay. So that's where they for, were doing it at that moment. Yeah, yeah. But you don't have any Cajun blood. I say I have a little Cajun blood. We celebrate Mardi Gras every year. We, my sister sends every family member a king cake. Uh, we do you make like a little king gumbo. cake? I do. I do eat the the colorful sugar frosting top uh-huh. at the bottom. The fondant. Where does she get her king cake from? It's from Randazzo's? She gets it from Gambino's. Gambino's? Gam- Gambino's. Is that what it's called? Okay. Yeah, there's a few places, but yeah. Um, all right, dear. So you were in Vermont, and there was a scare, but nothing. There was a scare. I. It was the first Christmas into COVID, and I was like, "Can everybody get tested?" And you know, some family members were like, "I don't think we need to." And then I had my parents tell my other siblings and their kids, being like, "If you guys don't get tested, we won't come. We'll have to make other plans." And that really made them all get tested. Uh, I had to like get my parents behind me. And that's them. been a that's been a recurring sort of. We, it's dying down a little bit now, but that's been right. a recurring issue on this podcast. Is people asking that question? How do I get the people who don't want to care to care because mm-hmm. we care? 
basically. Right. Uh, and the answer is always to threaten to withhold the grandchildren. That's always the, <laughs> the or withhold the grandparents. Time. Yeah. <laughs> Brian. Rana. I noticed your hair is looking thick and luxurious. Listen, it's not the only thing that it is, Rana, and I appreciate <laughs> that very much. My hair is become mane. And by that I mean mm. it's thicker, fuller, healthier. 80 million men and women in the U.S. experience thinning hair, yet it's still not openly talked about, which mm. is a shame. We should talk about it. We're yeah. going to right now. Normalize thinning hair. Correct, because it can be very stressful. It can be even scary. True. And the sort of stigma of it, and they're not talking about it, just adds to the problem. Yeah. I use Nutrafol. You want to know why, Rana? Because it's fantastic. It's fantastic. It's proven to work, and it's formulated with potent botanicals to help your hair grow as strong as you are. And it's physician formulated to be 100% drug free. And does it work? Yes, Padme. Yes, it's natural. It uses botanicals. It deals with whole body health even. And on top of thicker, stronger hair without lasers and without chemicals, Nutrafol's ingredients may also help you get a handle on better sleep, stress response, skin, nails, a little thing I like to call Libido. What? Libido. Oh. Visit Nutrafol.com and take their hair wellness quiz for customized product recommendations that put the power to grow thicker, stronger hair back in your hands. When you subscribe, you'll receive monthly deliveries so you never have to miss a dose. Shipping's free. You can pause or cancel anytime. Does it work? Yeah, it does. In clinical studies, Nutrafol saw thicker, stronger hair growth with less shedding in three to six and months. And you've seen it yourself, haven't you? Of course I have. Yeah. Whether you're experiencing thinning or not, you deserve hair as strong as you are. Nutrafol can help you achieve your hair growth naturally. You can grow thicker, healthier hair and support our show by going mm -hmm. to Nutrafol.com and using promo code BRIAN. With a Y. Thank you. To say $15 off your first month's subscription. Wow. This is the best offer available anywhere. And it's only available to you as customers for a limited time. Plus, Rana, free shipping on every order. Wow. So get $15 off. I use Nutrafol. That's why this is good. Get $15 off at Nutrafol.com, spelled N-U-T-R-A-F-O-L.com, promo code Brian, B-R-Y-A-N, for hair as strong as you are. Fabulous. Rana, I have to tell you, finding mm. and booking a doctor who's right for me is generally not a fun experience. No, it's hard. You have to do all that research. Ask all every that research. You, know. you have to hope you can get on their calendar in the next month. Ugh. And are they any good? Are they and any good? Are they any good? Will they take your insurance? Will they understand your needs? Will they be available when you can see them? Well, with ZocDoc, the answer is a refreshingly pain-free yes. ZocDoc is a free app that shows you doctors who are patient-reviewed that take your insurance and are available when you need them. I needed a dermatologist and a pinch runner. I didn't, ha I didn't have time to wait for two weeks for an issue. Guess what? I went right on ZocDoc and I got what I needed. Is that right? Yeah. And by the way- and, you, and by the way, your issue has been resolved beautifully. Beautifully. And you can either book an appointment in person or use telehealth. In fact, ZocDoc's a free app 
app that shows you doctors who are patient-reviewed that take your insurance and are available when you need them. You can read up on local doctors. You can get verified patient reviews, see what other humans have to say about their visit. So that way, when you walk into the doctor's office, you're set up to see someone in your network who gets you. Go to ZocDoc.com. Wonderful. Choose a time slot and whether you want to see the doctor in person or do a video visit, it's up to you. Just like that, you're booked. So find the doctor that's right for you and book an appointment that works for your schedule. Every ZocDoc.com slash Grana, isn't it? Yeah. Slash Escron, it's that easy. And download the ZocDoc app for free, then start your search for a top-rated doctor today. Many are available within 24 hours every month. Millions of people use ZocDoc. I'm one of them. In the chaotic world of healthcare, let ZocDoc be your trusted guide to find a quality doctor in a way that's surprisingly pain-free. Get your docs in a row with ZocDoc. That's Z-O-C-D-O-C dot com <laughs> slash Escrana. ZocDoc dot com slash Escrana. Attention, Carriage House members, Rana here to tell you all about Anchor.fm. Anchor is the fabulous app that we use to create our podcast. And let me tell you something. You can use it to create a podcast of your own. It's totally free. They have these terrific creation tools that allow you to record and edit your podcast right from your phone or computer, if you're that sort of person. I have a staff, excuse me. And now you can even add any song from Spotify directly to your episodes, which is pretty fabulous. The possibilities are totally endless. So download the free Anchor app now or go to anchor.fm to get started today. Kiss, kiss. All right, dear, let's read here. You're going to read the first question. All right, here we go. Question one. Unhinged ex-friend. Dear... Rana, Brian, and fabulous guest. You are absolutely magical and remarkable humans. I adore you so much. Thank you for being such a light every single week. Okay, long-winded background story time. Oy, oy, oy. I was best friends with this woman. We will call her Angela for nearly a decade. We met in our undergrad program. We were so close that we traveled to Italy together, hung out every weekend, basically did everything social together. To sum it up, I had no boundaries with her. Huge mistake on my end. When I turned 30, she was 28, I decided to go back to school to get another degree. This was after a long fight with depression, anxiety, and poor life choices for nearly three years. Yeah, I wanted to. As your 20s. Yes, as as we all do. It sounds sounds about sounds like twenty three to twenty nine right there. Long fight with depression, anxiety, and poor life choices. Go on. I wanted to change my life for the better, and all of my friends, except Angela, understood and supported this huge life change. After discussing it with my therapist, I decided to set boundaries with Angela. Our friendship. That sounds to me like our friend stopped drinking and doesn't want to say it. But anyway, we'll say. Yeah. Oh, you're no fun partying anymore. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. You're no fun, and Angela wants to have fun. Yeah. Mm Mm-hmm. And she was Angela's younger. Our friendship was causing me a great deal of exhausting resentment and frustration. I chose to say it all via text because she was, she is a defensive human who lacks in emotional intelligence. So I figured this would give her time to maybe sit with this new information if she wanted. In this text, I said I was overwhelmed, didn't feel supported, and I needed her to respect my boundaries as my life changed and became more overwhelming while I went back to school and worked full time. I also apologized to her for never setting any boundaries in the first place. Naturally, it blew up in my face and she showed her true colors. 
She blamed me for everything, tried to turn my friends against me, and totally cut me out. Okay. A lot of, lot of vagaries here, but I'm listening. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. I'm not getting a lot of details about I'm getting sort of the uh, the sum up, but uh, the summation. But yeah, I, I don't know what this means. I didn't say it's my fault. I should have set boundaries with her. Then I tried to set boundaries with her. But anyway, go on. I accepted it, which clearly showed me that I was ready to move on without her friendship on a regular okay. basis. When I would try to check in with her, and she sounds like she didn't move on, I was met with anger and rudeness. <laughs> I was leveling, leveling up. She was not, and that's Excuse okay. Me. Oh, okay. she's leveling up. Excuse me. <laughs> I did not hold any anger. I was simply- I want to level up. Don't you want to level up a little bit? Yeah, get new friends. Level level up. Up. Yeah, I'm going to start leveling up. I think she means leveling up around the inner, you know, going to school, doing the, you know, doing what she needed to do. So oh, I thought she was talking about yeah. getting better, more high quality friends. Oh, can... I thought she meant leveling up in life as an overall thing. But in any event, well, that's what you do in your 30s, I guess. Yeah. We're getting there. Yes. Yeah. Um, I was simply done. This is all, this all happened two years ago. Okay. I did not hold any anger. I was simply done. Yes. Okay. Done. La- last weekend, I performed for the first time since just before the pandemic started. Angela is also a performer. Oh, they're performers. Interesting. And uh, Angela is also a performer. And I told a former member of her dance troupe that she wanted to come hate watch me perform. Oh, boy. Well, the former member told me I wasn't. Well, the former member told me I wasn't shocked. It was on point for who Angela was and continues to be. Her former troop member also disclosed to me that Angela regularly stalks my social media account from time to time, although we are not friends on any of them. After hearing this, I blocked her. Angela Ooh. immediately noticed I blocked her and spoke to her former troop mate about it, who again told me. Angela wants to hate watch me perform, stalk my social media, and talk to me about anyone who will listen. And talk to me about and talk to me. Talk to about anyone. Me. To anyone who, who will listen. Talk about me to anyone who will listen. Yeah. Sorry. No. However. Please. You didn't write this. <laughs> however, she will never actually say anything to me. I'm 32, an educator in my final semester of grad school, and have a wonderful partner and home. Life has only gotten more beautiful without her around. Do I address this stalking behavior? Do I give her any more time of the day? Do I just let it go and let her continue to look foolish? I don't know how much I thought. I don't like how much thought I'm even giving this, but my hope was that after two years, she would have moved on. I appreciate and welcome any advice. Thank you. B, B. please don't use my real name. Understandably, by the way. Mm -hmm. Uh, I should say the Pax Love, it's making me a little bit short-tempered. The... Here's the, my favorite. I don't like how much that I'm even giving this, but my hope was that after two years, she would have moved on. Dia, the, to, I mean, let's hear what John has to say, but I would say my hope would be that after two years, you would have moved on. Right. I feel like you are wasting your energy on this person that is not uh, giving you anything substantially beneficial in your life. And it seems like almost just like a virus that you can't shake. And I think you just need to knock it off and maybe even confront it being like, 
hey, like just like a bully being like, I know what you're doing. Please stop talking bad about me. Please move on. And I think confronting it is a big thing. What my advice would be. If Angela's behaving so poorly, John, why do you think she is so under our friend's skin? What happened between these two that she's so under our letter writer's skin? I'm why wondering- does she can't, this idea that she's coming to hate watch her or she's hate looking at her Instagram or whatever it is? What? Well, first of all, I'll say this. Anytime anybody wants to hate watch something, it's usually a compliment because it means that they don't like what you are doing. They, they're probably jealous. Mm-hmm. Or that they're so miserable in their own life that that's a good use of their time, is that they want to be made to feel better by seeing you do something that they perceive to be, that they perceive you're worse at. Does that make sense? Yes, yeah. Either way, the person's a miserable person. person's a miserable person. And also, I I like that our person who wrote you um, has a confidant, has someone on the inside getting the scoop yeah. um, that Angela is talking all this trash. And so... But why have we not at this point said, wow, Angela seems like a terrible, miserable person. I don't care what she does. I mean, look, it never feels good to have someone talking about you. Of course, that's not nice. You know, I, and of course there are people, of course, uh, I don't know what those sayings are, but they, they hate us because they want to be us or whatever the, you know, whatever these things, little platitudes, people put on mugs, t-shirts, candles, pencils, pencil cases, you know, whatever, uh, picture frames, Instagram poetry, that sort you know, that sort of thing. But what, why can't our friend let it go is the question. Mm-hmm. What really happened here? What was this? We set boundaries. They used to be dear friends. I think perhaps our friend has never processed the loss. I think actually our friend has some sort of a defensive nature where the only thing they can do is say they're done and close a door. Instead of saying, you know what? This is actually rather hurtful. We were good friends for a long time. I thought that friendship was going to continue. I misjudged her character, if that's the case. It, maybe you did, maybe you didn't. Maybe you've both just grown and become different people. And that's completely fine too. And she's become a person who you're not crazy about and really don't want to spend time with. And whatever her issues are with you, it doesn't really matter. But it sounds to me like our friend is a little bit black and white, all or nothing. And that there's a little bit of punishing self-talk in here. That they sort of need to devalue Angela completely in order to extricate her from their lives. Does that make sense? So instead of having a more nuanced look at this where they sort of say, huh, well, that's too bad that I, that we've grown apart, but I, and I find it difficult to deal with that ambiguity and that loss. They need to just find a way for Angela to be all bad. Mm -hmm. Does that make any sense? She needs a way for Angela to be all bad. She needs Angela to be rotten in order to be done with her. But to me, she's not done with her because she still cares what Angela's doing. And it's an absolute, and this is, a she's 32. It's a great time to learn the lesson, which is 
why are you putting energy, any energy into Angela at all? And if in fact someone were to come to you and say, well, you know, Angela said this and this about you, that's really a reflection of Angela. And the only way you can have a deal with something like that is by this, is by sort of shrugging it off. But I don't think there's anything left here between you and Angela. I'm wondering if our friend has a little bit of guilt because we didn't hear any of the nitty gritty details about like mm-hmm. why you decided to end the friendship. Um, and I feel like mm-hmm. we also don't know exactly what Angela was saying about our friend, you know? Right. So what happened? We don't know what happened by another people. friend. It sounds like, like, yeah. And well, it's all, it's honestly just all very high school. The mm-hmm. idea that you're going to come to someone's show and hate watch, you know, their dance troupe or their whatever they do, their, you know, sketch group or the this or the that. It's just what a ridiculous use of your time and energy. And it's nonsense. It's reindeer games, as they said in the, in the movie Heathers. Isn't that mm-hmm. right? Mm-hmm. You talk about leveling up. You talk about how you are so happy. You're also doing that thing, which I'm not crazy about either, where people think living a good life is the best revenge. And I just think you should live a good life and enjoy it. Who needs that other piece where where it matters what other people think about what you're doing with your life? You should just be living your life to the fullest extent that you can. Full stop. Not right. for other people to be jealous of. Are you furious with Nicole that she's got this gorgeous wallpaper? Are you happy to have a friend that you can just go over and sit in front of her wallpaper if you I'm have I'm glad to? I can use this wallpaper. Yeah, exactly. I wonder if it, our, our friend is one of those, which has happened a lot in life, yeah. in other people's lives, where they get a boyfriend or girlfriend and they don't have time for their friends. We've all mm. heard the story before mm-hmm. and they just like, cause they don't hang out anymore. And so I'm wondering if that plays a little bit into uh. it also. So our friend is feeling maybe a little bit guilty about like completely dropping her old friend that was always there for her and partied with her. And I'm sorry, you're not like that anymore, but you should still respect the and value the friendship that you had and the time you had together you rather ju- than completely cutting it off. Nope, you've just hit on something very, very important. In fact, everything I said before probably doesn't even apply. Our friend, I don't know if this is Freudian or Jungian or what it is. Our friend is angry at Angela because Angela represents the person she used to be. And our friend is trying to level up and feel some sort of shame about the way that she used to behave when she and Angela were close. And she wants all of that to go away, whether or not whether they used to party together. This seems to be an intimation. I don't know if it was drugs. I don't know if it was alcohol. I don't know what it was. But this seems to be an intimation of, I didn't like the person who I was before, and now I like who I am now. And Angela, my association with Angela is reminding everybody who I was before, and it's not allowing me to do my full butterfly chrysalis, et cetera, et cetera. Right. And that is something that you, dear, have to deal with on your own. 
That has nothing to do with Angela. It doesn't have to do with Angela. It doesn't have to do with every bartender in New York who served you a drink for the last 10 years. It doesn't have to do with any dirty little den that you ended up in and hung out in till four in the morning. It's none of those people. That association is nothing. That's just something that you did in your life that happened and that you've learned from and that you choose not to be that way anymore. And that's not a life for you. Maybe it's a life for someone else, but not judging these decisions. But you don't have to squash Angela, or devalue Angela in order for yourself to, in order to fly, so to speak. Exactly. It, right. It's we don't know the whole Angela story, but it seems a little unfair, and that's why Angela might be a little bit like, "You totally ditched me. I'm a little bit bitter. Like you didn't give me an explanation." Like. And you actively, I think you're actively, you didn't say this, but you're clearly actively talking about Angela to other people. Mm -hmm. And by the way, you can just assume the friend who's telling you what Angela's saying is telling Angela what you're saying. Mm -hmm. So stop that immediately. Whatever that conduit is and whatever these little pieces of information and this one's blocking that one. And now she can't talk about me anymore. And da, 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 da. But I think you're sort of doing that thing when people move to the big city or they become, you know, it's a real Sydney Sheldon. I used to be a massive, he's got a snipe and now no one will ever know the truth about me. And the truth is no one's thinking that much about you. Live your life the way you want to make your new friends that you like and have your life the way you want it. And be proud of the work that you're doing, that you're in grad school and you're almost graduated and that you're happy where you are. But and let Angela send you a congratulations card. And all of, yes, and all of those decisions you you made led you to the place where you are now. So big deal, big whoop. <laughs> your partner doesn't care. You don't. You mean find a way to make peace with your former self is what I would say. All right, let's move on to the next question. All righty. Hello, Rana Bryan and special guest. Thank you for the help. Perfectly nice. Uh, opening. And who says we're going to help? We're going to find out in a second. My boyfriend's sister-in-law is a huge bitch to me. Okay. My boyfriend and I have been together for four years now in the beginning of our relationship, the very beginning. Someone told her, I said her kids were crazy and when it actually was not me. So even though we had not met yet, she decided she really didn't like me. But I was very excited to meet her. I was excited to do fun family things with her. I always wanted a sister growing up. Red flag. We have so many things in common. We are both adopted. Red flag number two. I thought for sure we would have a great relationship. I tried to be nice to her. I invited her to do all the things. I always give her kids great Christmas gifts and fun birthday gifts. She has never, not once, tried to get to know me or start a clean slate. Remember, I didn't do anything to stop this. Hmm. After having a few drinks, she once pulled me aside to tell me she did not like me or how I acted or when I said sarcastic things. Okay. She told me I offended my boyfriend's whole family. I had not heard this from anyone else. She told me to, quote, stop being myself. The next day I swallowed my pride and I called her to apologize for the evening and told her how I hoped I didn't hurt her feelings. One Christmas, we went to my boyfriend's parents' house for dessert and gifts throughout the entire evening. We did not say one word to each other. I am always so disappointed, frustrated, and frankly, 
mad every time we happened to see each other. And she wasn't nice to me. Uh, and she wasn't nice to me or trying to be my friend. It makes me even more upset that her attitude towards me is, quote, uh, is in all caps, blatantly obvious. Nobody has ever said anything. Everyone around us just pretends it isn't happening. My boyfriend's family isn't really the type to express their emotions or talk things out. So I've decided to stop trying to be friends with her because I just end up mad and frustrated and venting to my boyfriend about how mean she is. I also stopped going to the in-law's house when there are family gatherings. I just don't like being around her and feeling bad about myself or trying to be part of the family. What do I do? Will our whole lives be like this? Why am I mad that nobody is on my side? Thank you for your advice. That is a tough situation to be in. Mm -hmm. What do you think? Well, the thing that popped out in my head a little bit was it's sister-in-law and it's, she's getting her kids. It's her boyfriend's sister-in-law and she's getting her boyfriend's sister-in-law's kids gifts for birthday and Christmas. And I, is that too much? Or I just, I, I wouldn't do that. I'm just wondering, step one, like, all right, you're trying a little hard. I don't know if I'm just, I'm coming from like the sister-in-laws. I'm trying to figure mm -hmm. out a point of view from the sister-in-law being like. Well, here's the situation though. The sister-in-law has already married it to the family. Right. You have not married into the family. Which now, means wait that a second. You... Do we know that this is a woman or um, two women? Does it see it feels like it's two women, but I wonder if it is. It has to be, you. right? I that's the sense I got. Yeah. Uh that does feel important. I don't know why. It has to be. A woman would never pull in a, a man aside and speak to him this way. A woman would only do this to another woman from what I, from my, from my experience. Uh, yes. The sister-in-law is already married into the family. That's the first thing I'm going to say. So you're not married into the family. Which means you got to, you know, get hazed a little bit, I guess. And also you do, I think still have to go to the family functions and put your best foot forward and try to win them over as any rom-com will teach you. Yes, that well, isn't that the truth? I would say if you're not going to these family functions, I have something controversial that no one wants to hear, but it's true in my I need opinion. To hear it. In my opinion, I shouldn't say it's true; it hasn't happened yet. But I would say that this relationship that you're—I would say you're the one who's on the chopping block. Mm -hmm. She's already married into the family. You haven't married into the family yet. And She's so married into by, the family with kids. Yes, grandchildren. And so by deciding to not go to things anymore, you are just coming off as a person that, I mean, everyone's noting your absence. I can understand going to not everything, one in three things or whatever it is, but you don't have to go to every minute of, you know, some people feel like they want to marry someone. They go to every event that the family's having and they have to take over that identity, et cetera, et cetera. But if I were you, I would keep an eye on this. If you really, if you want to keep this relationship going, I'd keep an eye on this. And I also think you have to 
Absolutely. I think if you put the brakes on entirely, in other words, you're not stating your displeasure, so to speak, by not going, but you're absolutely not trying in any way to impress her or get her to like you in any way. I think you want to buy the kids Christmas gifts from you and your boyfriend together. That's very nice. Buying them individually, I don't see the point of that, I have to say. I think it's sort of, oh, if you, if again, if you're trying to solidify this relationship with the boyfriend, I mean, look, gifts are gifts. You want to give kids gifts because you see them and they're nice. That's fine with me. But I would not expect any kind of thank you. She doesn't, she doesn't like the, the measure of you. Mm-hmm. And I also want to know if you, if she ever cleared up the initial, I never said anything. Mm-hmm. I wonder this, the other and woman did is she actually say anything. Well, yeah, that's the other thing It's cause I think she might've, but the other thing is that the other woman is so confrontational. She's so alpha and she obviously gets a charge out of being alpha. Anyone that would say to someone, stop being yourself. <laughs> I mean, how dastardly is that? That should be on a t-shirt. I have an idea. I have an idea for you. Stop being yourself and everybody will like you. She basically said, I hate your guts. All your guts that make you who you are, I don't care for. You might consider saying to her, which if you have it in you, you may not. You know, Janine, I would say that our interactions for the last four years have been less than pleasant. And I've gone out of my way to be nice to your children. I think they're great. So it's no big, it's not, it's not hard work. I love you kids. Your husband's great. The family's very nice. But there's clearly an issue between us. And I'd love to know what it is. Well, I just don't. Okay. Well, let me just make something clear. I love. Mark, Peter, Tim, Serge, whatever his name is. I'm building a life with him. I'm not going anywhere. So it would be great if we could find a way to get along. And if we can't, that's fine too. But I just want you to know I'm not going anywhere. See how that goes. What do you think, John? Is that going to work? I think that will work. I also think she could be a little bit of a, you know, a detective, if you will, just trying to be like, what does, um, I'm call her name Sarah. What does Sarah like? Sarah likes Fast and Furious. Maybe I'll buy Fast and Furious tickets and I'll take Sarah to go see it with me. Or, you know. I think that'll enrage Sarah. I think that's what she's been doing for the last four years is trying to do nice things for Sarah. And that makes Sarah furious. Because she knows Sarah doesn't like it when people, she wants everyone to kiss up to her because she loves power, but she doesn't like knowing she's being kissed up to. She doesn't like, it's transparent. Mm -hmm. I think the only way she's ever going to respect her is if she says, newsflash, done trying to get you to like me. Okay? Just letting you know, here to stay. Okay? So, we can either find some common ground or not. Up to you. 
but you know what I don't love anymore? Whatever this attitude is that you're sending in my direction. Not into it. In grade school, what I would do if I wanted to be friends with somebody, mm-hmm. or I remember doing to a few girls, would I would be very annoying to them. Um, I... I would just be annoying to them until I broke them down and then I made them laugh and then they liked me. Right. Boo. Boo. (laughs) Boo. 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 (laughs) Boo. Uh, The other thing you could do is you could find out who's her alpha and you could befriend that person. That Mm -hmm. would drive her crazy. Which would probably be the mother. the uh, Right. The mother-in-law. Yeah. Get that person to like you better than they'd like her. And that'll drive her absolutely bonkers. But I think your job is, I think everyone in the family knows this drama. And you have to find a way, if you want to stay in this family, to eliminate this drama. And just realize that, you know... Whatever these hopes and expectations you had around, I thought we were going to be close and we're both adopted and we have so much in common. I mean, honestly, it's an, it's another little bit like uh, the last letter writer, which is smashing the person that you, you know, there can only be one. She doesn't want two. They don't need two of you. But I will say all sort of teenage, you know, advice aside, I will say, If anything were ever to happen with her children or her husband, something real in the family, and you showed up for them in a real way, something real, not pettiness, but, you know, God forbid somebody gets sick or the family gets COVID or whatever it is, and you show up for them in a way that other people don't, because in those hard moments, some people show up, but... You always remember the people that say, how can I, you act like family, so to speak. Mm-hmm. I bet that she would really start to respect you and see you in a different light. If it was something that really mattered to her, that you were supportive of her in some way, or let's say, I don't know, she's doing her own business. So whatever it is, something that is meaningful in that way. I bet you could sort of change the way that she sees you. But mostly it just sounds like she's sort of a nasty person that enjoys, uh, you know, being a bully. And you're the target of that. But you can only be the target, really, if you allow yourself to be. But also, she also said that she always wanted a sister growing up. And, you know, having an older sister who razzes you and who you get in fights with is a normal relationship. And under all that is love. And so maybe, you know, do have to have a big blowout with her and then, you know, rekindle and like you make up to each other. That's a very good point, actually. If you never had a sister, this is a lot what it feels like. (laughs) That's what two sisters (laughs) are like. Whatever you thought sisters were, this is what they actually are. The truth is you have a sister. That's very (laughs) funny. That's very funny. That's very true. Let us know what happens. Okay. Let's see here, dear. We have one more. Dear Rana, Brian, and honorable guest, I'm a second-time writer here to ask for more advice about others being in relationships. Last year, my brother and sister got engaged in the same week, and Rana gave me the iconic line, your sex in the city, baby. They're in the suburbs. 
since then, what what, I, a, what a line! <laughs> Your a Sex line. in the City, baby. They're in the <laughs> suburbs. Suburbs. She was so upset that they were all moving on and this and that. She's twenty years old. I said, "Get out of here. Go back into New York City. Sleep with every person you can find. Mm-hmm. Have every drink, every Cosmo they've got, and then go to a soccer game on the weekend." What are you crying about? You're twelve and a half years old. All right, go on. Uh, since then, I have actually been living out my Sex in the City fantasy, being single and living in New York. Oh, fabulous. I moved here with my college bestie as single girls and became each other's surrogate partner. My roommate now has a boyfriend that I can't stand. Ah. He basically lives in our tiny apartment and started to bring his dishes over to wash in our dishwasher. I, I've in my, uh, go I've on. never heard of such a thing. In my life, I've never heard of this. Yeah. How dirty the bag must be that he carries the dishes in. Oh, the smell. Oh. How long does he wait? Is he there every day? Are the dishes <laughs> piling up? This crosses a line for me since he's not even cool. Oof, funny. Ikes. Or helpful around the house. How do I convey to my roommate that I don't want him bringing his dishes over to run in our dish- dishwasher without outing myself or disliking her boyfriend? Thank you for all the laughs and advice over the years. You've especially brought me some so much needed joy to my mom's life. Oh. Kiss, kiss. Fallon. Oh, Fallon. Hi, Fallon, dear. I remember you, of course. Uh, we joke about Fallon, but she was heartbroken because everyone in her family was moving on to different phases, and she was very close with her brothers and sisters and was very sad about the fact. And it was early in the pandemic, so they were all living at home, and mm-hmm. you know, it was that sort of. But anyway, Fallon was living her best life until a month ago when this roommate started dating this guy. And this guy is cr- – first of all, first thing I want to say is he is the first in a long line of men who will ruin your life by dating women who you think are too good for them. That's A. And that goes for everyone of every denomination. Every, you are 20 years old. All your friends are going to have occasionally good and mostly horrible boyfriends. As a longtime roommate, John Milheiser, we were just discussing you were roommates for nine years. Yes. What, and now you're living on your, on your own or in your own space, I should say. Because uh, you have a partner, don't you have a partner? Yes, a partner of five yeah. years. Yeah. So you and your, are you and your partner are living together now? Yes. Uh, as a longtime cohabitator and also a person who lived in New York in the down and dirty early days. Yes. A, have you ever heard of such a thing? And B, what's your advice here? I've never heard of such a thing. Um First of all, Mazel Tov on having a dishwasher in New York. Yes. That's a great, Sounds great like thing a pretty to nice have. Apartment, yeah. Um, hmm. It's very upsetting also that they're not funny. Oh, um, not, he's just got nothing. He's bringing nothing to the table. Not, he's just bringing dirty Except dishes. dirty dishes, yeah. I, I can't even, the concept of, I, does he, if he lived more than one building away, I can't even understand how this is, how this is even wor- a workable solution for him. I would talk, okay, first things first, I, with roommates, with people I care about and live with and laugh with and love, I've actually brought home people and like I've had a date sitting on the couch and I've had a roommate lean back and look at me and go, 
shake their head no <laughs> disapprovingly. And I'm being like, okay. And then that date had nev- would never come back to the apartment. <laughs> so I care very much what my, you know, best friends think about my partner uh, at that time or dating who I'm dating. Um, and you can also tell that if they're getting along, like hanging out, watching TV, are they cracking jokes? Are they making your friends laugh? Like that is so important to me. So I wonder like, why isn't your friend picking up on that being like, he kind of sucks, doesn't he? (laughs) Um, also your roommate should, that's a crazy thing to bring dishes over to wash. That's hands down harder. It seems like a harder task to do rather than just learning how to wash your dishes. Yeah. So I wonder if you could even bring up to your friend being like, can you teach him how or send him a YouTube link, a, a tutorial on how to clean dishes? Uh, I, you know, teaching someone to do something can actually help out a lot in the long run. Do you think it's, you almost want to say to your roommate, do you think it's normal? That he's bringing his dishwasher dishes over here to be dishwashed, mm-hmm. or asking like, doesn't it make I'm you feel curious, like, like a what maid? Do you think? Yeah, what do you think about the dishwashing thing? I'm fine with it. I'm just wondering, what do you like it? Is that sexy? <laughs> I think you just say, "Can I be honest with you? Um, I think Trev is terrific, but I really don't want him to bring his dishes over anymore." I think it's hot enough in a New York apartment to keep it tidy when it's you and me. And all I can think about is bugs and rats. It's all I can think about all day long. And I just don't want him washing his dishes here anymore. And I don't, I don't think that's crazy. I would say it in the simplest way possible. I don't, in a way that doesn't invite much conversation, which is just, I think Trev is terrific, but I don't want him washing his dishes his hair anymore. Well, he doesn't have a dishwasher. Well, no one in New York has a dishwasher. Does he have a sink? He does. Does he have soap? He does. Does he have a dish rack? He does. So he, does he have hands? Yes. So he has dishwasher. He's the dishwasher. Get it? Mm-hmm. It just, this, the problem is this other roommate doesn't want to say no to this guy about anything. And how they, ever got into the idea of him bringing the dishes over is only because the roommate is a total pleaser and will do anything to keep this boyfriend. Mm-hmm. And so said to the boyfriend, why don't you bring, oh, he was like, oh, I hate doing dishes. Why don't you bring them over and put them in my dishwasher? <laughs> it's a fun one-time story being like, oh my God, I brought my dishes over because you guys had a dishwasher. I think you also, if you're comfortable with this, you'd have to get comfortable with it. You have to say, please ask Trevor to not bring his dishes washes, dishes over to wash again. And you can tell him I'm the one who said he's not allowed to do it. And I don't mind if he hates me for it. Yeah. Because she's not going to want to say no to him for anything. And she mm-hmm. needs someone to blame because that's because she's a, an overpleaser. And you need to say, I think Trev is terrific. I'm also willing to buy him a dish rack. A dish rack's about $11, just so you know. So I don't think I'm asking anyone to break the bank here. I'm not saying you buy him a dishwasher. I'm saying, and by the way, they do sell, which is ridiculous, and no one should ever buy one, but a countertop dishwasher. If Trevor is so desperate for a dishwasher, then he should buy himself one of those for his birthday or, you know, 
whenever he gets his next paycheck, that instead of going to the bar, he's got a little extra money to burn. He can buy one of those Bed Bath & Beyond countertop easy bake oven dishwashers. But I think you have to say to your roommate, uh, I just, he doesn't live here. It doesn't make any sense why his dishes would be washed here. Somehow they've gotten into some loop like it's a washing machine and he's doing his laundry there. Mm-hmm, like like that's the same thing. It's not the same thing at all. He needs to be bringing more to the conversation than his dishes. I think he needs, I think you might need to write a chore chart of if he's going to be bringing his dishes, that's fine. But you do have to, you know, Swiffer the living room and, you know, dust the curtains or something. Or do his part because he's living there, apparently also. so It just feels like an invasion of space. But It's an invasion I, of space. It seems like she wants to still live with this roommate. And if this roommate is going to be having this, because I've done that before. I've lived with, I lived in a house in Greenpoint, Brooklyn with four other guys. And then three of them had girlfriends. So there's three more girls that were like living there the whole time. Um one girl smoked marble reds in our living room. But oh. everybody had their jobs and chores and, you know, did their part, paid their part of the rent. Rent got cheaper because we had a lot of people I also there, think the other, the other thing you have to get comfortable with is he's going to be resentful because she's going to tell him, you know, Fallon said you can't bring your dishes over anymore. And so, you know, I would like, but Fallon doesn't want you to see you can't anymore. And if he says to you, I heard you don't want me to bring your dishes anymore, you should just go, yep. <laughs> That's all you say. Yeah. You don't see, what you don't do, because of course what you're going to be tempted to do as well, it's just that the sink gets busy and crowded and there's a reason why. And there's no reason. The reason is he doesn't live here. So you say, yep. Well, can I ask why? It's gross. It's insane that you bring your dishes over to clean them in our dishwasher. You say what I just said. Do you have a sink? I do. Do you have hands? I do. Do you have soap? I do. Then you have a dishwasher. Okay? I can buy you a sponge for 36 cents if you want one of those. We can go down to the bodega together and I can get you one. And I don't give a shit if you hate my guts. I really don't. I mean, I know Fallon's never going to say that, but the attitude just has to be, this isn't a conversation. This is madness. How about, why doesn't he just come leave his dog there forever? I mean, anything to come make the place dirty when you when he doesn't live there. Why would he bring his, why is it okay for anyone to ever bring their filth into your space that you're paying for? Right. Doesn't make an ounce of sense. Also, you can let your roommate listen to this and let her know that officially no one has ever heard of anyone bringing dishes over. Officially, that's not a thing. It's officially not a thing. He's also bad for bringing his dishes over, but he also is bad for not trying to at all trying to win points with her. Or, oh, but that's you know, who he. But that's who he. This guy's like, nothing. oh, I guess I'll just do it. I don't have to like impress no, her or anything. No, this is whatever. That's their problem. Whatever this relationship is, but this is a guy that just he also there's something a little bit stone a cave meaning about him, you know. I bring my dishes. I bring something over to my girlfriend's house to get cleaned because my mother isn't here to clean them more. You know, mm. grow up. It's disgusting. Oh, it's this generation of men. Yeah, my nephews no, don't mean, know how to do laundry or cook. Is or that cook right? Their nails. Ugh. Clip their nails. I try to make how, fun of about, fun of them about their they? nails. 
How old are they? Uh, two are in college and one is in high school. Do they have girlfriends or boyfriends I, or I don't any think kind so. of friends? No. Well, that's why. Nothing worse than dirty nails. Dirty, do you ever, long nails. Do you ever buy them a nail brush or one of those little personal manicure kits? Yes. Uh, I happened? bought them a Manscaped uh, uh-huh. kit yep. for their nails and everything. And um, so does my brother. My brother and I go back and forth. Like Your brother talks about it too with them. Yeah. They don't care. They don't care. We try to make fun of them about like not knowing how to do literally anything except play video games. And uh, they don't pick uh, up on it. They don't care. How appalling. Well, we get to rouse them. John, this is the time in our show where we pick who gets a little something. Now, the way that we do it is we just, it's whoever we have a feeling about. Whoever we have the most feeling towards. Okay. Uh, and then we'll decide what they're going to get. But it doesn't have to be who deserves it. It doesn't deserve it. It's just who you have a feeling about. So- uh, the people that we have, uh, the B who is suffering because she's still holding on to anger about this ex-friend and that the ex-friend is talking about her and why does she still care? And we seem to think the reason she still cares is because she's mad at herself for the way that she behaved when she was younger. Mm-hmm. She needs to release everybody from that judgment and from that absolutely useless expenditure of uh, of emotional energy. Uh, my boyfriend's sister-in-law is mean to me, otherwise known as the, possibly the woman I hope to be my future sister-in-law, but maybe not if I keep this up. And the third one is, uh, Fallon, who of course has the guy coming over and doing the dishes in her apartment. Um, since Fallon is a returning, returning guest, has she... Been given received anything. something before. Yes, I can't remember what Fallon won. I think feel like she won the Ask Ron a Coffee and something else. I can't remember. I'd have to look it up. Well, I would say But Fallon. that shouldn't disqualify. Okay. It should only be who you have a feeling for. Well, I'm I have a feeling for the uh boyfriend's mean sister in law. You do. Yeah. Yeah. What about you? You know, I have to be honest, everyone this week is in a tough situation. Because even though we gave sort of tough love advice, I don't envy the situation any of them are in because they're all uncomfortable moments that there's really no solution to other than they're not going to get less. You have to find a way to be comfortable with yourself in the situation that you're in. Mm -hmm. There are external forces at play in all three situations, if that makes any sense. Maybe a little less so the first one. But of course, everyone knows how that feels to have a friend who's out there talking about you, who used to be close with. And so you have a over, you know, you're oversensitive about the connection or whatever it is. And most people just don't care what either of you say about the other one. And the only way you can get past it is just living your life and being who you are and hoping people can see the difference if the other person is actually sort of rotten. But it stinks to feel that way, of course, or to feel stuck in some way that everything else in your life is going so well and you feel a little bit stuck. And so I have sympathy for that person, but I also think that person, the gift here is to say, dear, look around, you're working hard, you're doing great. Find a way to throw out all that garbage that's in the back of your closet that you don't need anymore. So that's our gift to you is the advice. 
the girl with the sister-in-law, that's a tough moment. And because she wants in on this family. So I think you're right. I think I do have the most sympathy. Fallon just needs to grow up and sort of stand up for herself and set a little boundary. And it's going to be hard, but have a little moment where she realizes, you know what? I don't have to be liked by everybody every minute of the day. And if my friend, you know, ends up being sensitive about this, it's because she knows she's supposed to be. But this is cuckoo and we're not doing cuckoo. Like we're not, you know, this is like, should we set up a litter box and he could just go to the bathroom there? I mean, what, you know, what are we doing? Put an out of order sign on the dishwasher. Yeah. (laughs) I love that. That is so funny. That's a great idea. Please try that. I want to see. That is so funny. I want to see if that Sorry, I can't help you. It's out of order. Oh, it's out of order. Oh, it's out of order. The super's Uh, not getting in touch with you. Yeah. You want to call the service guy and have him come fix it. Um. But I think you're right. The person in the toughest position is the not sister-in-law, sister-in-law. So what can we give her that's going to give her a little bit of, she needs a little confidence because what she needs to do is to move into some sort of, I don't give an F attitude about this woman. And she needs to only focus on her relationships with the people that matter in the family, AKA the mother-in-law and the boyfriend. Trying to think what we can give her that we get would give her a little bit of strength. She needs a little bit of strength going into these interactions with the sister-in-law. Also, something oh, I know. Okay, it also has to be something the sister-in-law doesn't have. <laughs> too good for her. We're going to give her a Lemire lip balm. Oh, because if the sister-in-law knows what anything is, and I want her to write to us and let us know if she does. It'll drive her crazy that this girl has something a little nicer than her. Mm-hmm. And I like the idea of that. I like the idea of her hating her for a reason. Does that make sense? It does. Do you have any other ideas? Well, she also has time. I, I don't believe she has kids, right? So, like, Yeah, that's true. She's like, I have the time to do anything I want. Well, yeah, that is um, so true. You were saying before, it just seems like it's something bad needs to happen in order for her to come in and save the sister-in-law. Yeah. Well, it was sort of saying that. Yeah. 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 But um, we can't really engineer. I mean, we can't really, you know, send the tickets to Niagara Falls and then, you know, push one of the children over the falls <laughs> in a barrel and then she's waiting to catch, you know, we can't really engineer that. Yeah. Engineer the, the setup. And, to- but we, and we don't do, uh, we don't do. Hmm. Interesting. Now I think the key to this relationship is to stop trying to be liked by this person. I really do. I think it's the only way. And that when there's something real, not any of this BSE, I made an Easter egg hunt for your kids or whatever it is. None of that. No one cares. Figure out the thing is that she loves the most because yes. she's given given gifts to the kids and she doesn't care. So I'm not saying that the kids aren't her favorite thing, but she feels entitled to that for some reason. Figure out the thing that she loves, that she really cares for most. You know, does she have a sick parent? Does she have a this? Whatever the thing is, the sort of hardest part of her life, shall we say. And see if there isn't a way that you can support that a little bit with a very light hand. 
have the hire a babysitter. Say like, hey, I heard you like Fast and the Furious. We're going to go see a movie and uh, then we're going right to go to a club after, just you and me. Right back to Fast and the Furious. She loves Fast and the Furious. How many of these Fast and Furious movies have you seen, Jen? I have seen zero of them. Uh-huh. But I've only keep... seen the part in one of them where Paul Walker is um, digitally put in and then drives yeah. off. Yeah, it's been a long day, that one, oh, however it goes. Yeah. Without you, my friend, that one, that song, right? Yes. I'll tell you all about it when I see, see you, you again. again. Yeah, that's the one. Ah, uh, that's what brought, is it Sean Mendes, a Mendes? Is that Mendez? It's been a long say that? time without you, my friend. Is that where we got him? I don't think uh, that's Sean Mendes. Well, it's Wiz Khalifa mm-hmm. featuring. Sean Mendes, isn't it? Oh, it is, is it Mendes or Mendez? Or, I don't know. I know I it's Wiz Khalifa. In any event, Sam Mendes and Sean <laughs> and, and, and Sean Mendes, those are the two. Uh, featuring Sam Mendes. Uh, in any event, uh, she's going to get a lip balm, and I hope that what she'll do is she'll just take it out and she'll move it around when they're there in a family setting, and she'll just swirl it. And so that just other things that make that girl hate you even more. Drink your drink loudly or go ah, after every sip, something like that. Just start working the complete opposite angle on this one. And the mm. other thing you can do, which will drive her insane, when she says something, you'll just say, What? Just act like you didn't hear what she said every time she says something. <laughs> drive people like that crazy. People that are trying, that demand the room's attention and that everyone has to do everything their way. And you just say, Oh, sorry, I didn't hear you. Oh, it'll drive her nuts. That's probably what her husband's doing all the time. That's uh, really good. John Milheiser. I cannot urge people enough to go to your Instagram and to follow your Instagram. I'm not doing a cliffhanger. Normally what I do is I read a cliffhanger, but let me tell you something. Last week we had the craziest cliffhanger we've ever had, which was about an Irish menage. I don't know how many people, but basically a couple was supposed to get married. Then the boyfriend realized he had had a illicit affair with the fiance's father. (gasps) And the father said to him, scram, get out of town. At least that's how the letter reads. Excuse me. And he left her not at the altar, but he left her with no answers. He just left town and left her with no answers. We discussed it on Patreon. It was sent shockwaves through the Ask Veronica community. And what I've decided to do is invite my dear friend, Garode Farrelly, who is an Irish comedian and terrific, and you would love, and he would love you, to give us the Irish perspective on the Irish question. So this week's Patreon at patreon.com slash askrana, we're going back over that letter together. And he's bringing me also a little bit of PI sleuthing about where he thinks these people might be and what where they're geographically located, mm-hmm. what's going on. He's giving me the inside scope. So that's on patreon.com slash askrana. John Milheiser is at John Milheiser. Have you got anything else, You a podcast, a this, a that, that you want people to listen to? No podcast. Just, uh, yeah, come follow just me your, on my Instagram just and you'll your, see what I'm up to. 
Well, don't act like it's nothing. You're doing terrific content all the time and you're constantly delivering. So oh, I don't, I don't much. want, just because it's not a goddamn podcast that every person in the world has. You have, you are, I mean, you are one of the most deeply entertaining people I have ever known or encountered. So I can't thank you enough for being here today. Oh, that means a lot to me, Rana. Thank you. I adore you. And what can I say? Kiss, kiss. Kiss, kiss. Mwah, mwah. the truth never gets old. Introducing June's Journey, the free-to-play mobile game that will immerse you in a thrilling murder mystery. Join June Parker as she uncovers hidden objects and clues to solve her sister's death in a beautifully illustrated world set in the roaring 20s. With new chapters added every week, the excitement never ends. Download June's Journey now on your Android or iOS device or play on PC through Facebook games.